Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. All righty, it is a Monday. It's the beginning of the week. Why not make this the best week ever for you? Yes. All right. I'm super excited. I'm bringing on a guest today, and we're going to be talking about this path to financial independence through location freedom. Now, you're probably like, what? I'm going to put two words out there for you. Two words. Digital nomad. Digital nomad. Have you heard about it? Have you thought about it? If not, today is for you. Now, I know you're like, oh my God, Dr. Beckford, how dare you put this out on a day when I got to get the kids ready for bed? You know what? Don't worry. Have no fear. All of this wonderful episode will be available on our yourcaringdots.com. Select podcast. You'll see my guest's beautiful face. Boom, click listen here, and you'll be able to catch the entire episode. If you want to be on the show because you're just as awesome as my guest, hey, I'd love to have you. Send me an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdots.com to book. Keep in mind, we are booked out five months in advance. But that's okay. That's okay. We still got you. We still got you. There are some times that we can do it and we have you. All righty, let's get this party started because I'm really, really excited about bringing our guest on today. All right. So let me tell you all about her. So she's a graduate from Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. So I found out we actually went to the sister school. We just found out we're from the same area all of this time. <laughs> all of this time. It is so wonderful. <laughs> So Jersey stand up. Hello, hello, all my Jersey people. So after medical school, she did her residency in adult psychiatry in Emory. And then after that, she did a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry at Yale. Now, most of my people, they're like, you know what? That's all great, but I'm not going to stop there. And she is just like them. She did an additional fellowship in integrative medicine at the Andrew Will Center of Integrative Medicine. So I'm talking about this well super rounded sister doc right here. Now, you know, after all of this training and stuff, she was able to hold a lot of leadership positions out there. She served in healthcare settings, multiple, multiple healthcare settings. And as a result, she was able to witness firsthand the impact that stress and burnout has on work-life imbalance, right? And she's also seen how it has the detrimental effect on physicians' life. Now, as a result of all of this, she said, you know what? I'm not just going to sit here and watch. She decided to fund the Nomad MD. And that's who we're talking to today. We're talking about the one, the only Dr. Christine Gold. <laughs> Thank you for that amazing introduction. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank How you. Are you. I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. Okay, we're talking about the Nomad MD. So before we get into that part, we're going to bring it all the way back to the beginning, like they said. Let's bring it back to the beginning. Yes. And tell us, what made you decide to go into medicine in the first place? I mean, Jersey, Jersey yes. girl, you're like, you know what? I don't need my 20s. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what made you go into medicine? I decided I was going to be a doctor when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. I loved science. I loved health. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just, I decided, you know, in science class, this is it. This is it. I'm going. Oh, your, your, your teachers were like, okay, Christine, why not? <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So 
science, health, were there any other things that you saw around you that influenced, like we know we're from the same area. Yes, so, you know, yeah. we're talking, so we know we have UMDNJ, that's what it yeah. was called back in the days. Now it's called, um, I think, well, now it's just NJMS or Rutgers, the Rutgers University Hospital, but um, yeah. we're, and then the additional hospitals around us, right? We have yeah. the one, what's that one on Central Avenue? Look at us, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of that one? Yeah, my mom actually worked Like there, East Orange. I thought yeah, East Orange, Orange General Hospital. General. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there are a couple mm -hmm. different. So any interaction with and through the healthcare system during that time? No, it wasn't through the healthcare system that really mm -hmm. sparked it for me. It was just living day to day, mm -hmm. you know, growing mm -hmm. up in East Orange, you know, mm -hmm. across the street from people who were on drugs. I mean, it was yeah. it was the environment that yeah. really for me sparked this desire to want to educate, to want to mm -hmm. improve, to mm -hmm. want to um, connect with people in my community and see how I could foster better ways of living that that's really what motivated me i love it i love it so now you know you did all this right there at robert wood like we affectionately call it robert wood yes. <laughs> robert wood johnson um medical school and there's so many different specialties but you chose to do psychiatry and at that point, it was like adult psychiatry. You know, eventually you got your fellowship in um, adolescent, child and adolescent. But mm -hmm. what made um, psychiatry like draw you as a specialty versus the others that are out there? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, initially I was thinking about surgery. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found, I didn't realize this till later in my training, that a lot of people switch between surgery and psychiatry. Really? Yeah, I was surprised that, that is okay, mind blown. <laughs> because you would think that one is really using a lot of dexterity, like physical mm -hmm. dexterity, while the mm -hmm. other is using a lot of mental dexterity. So tell me, like, yeah, I mean, it's this back and forth, and I mm -hmm. and one of the reasons that people kind of go back and forth between the two is that they're both very, very intrusive in different ways. Mm. You know, and so for me, it kind of started with the idea of the surgery aspect. But mm. when I was really studying, you know, in the initial years, behavioral mm -hmm. sciences really grabbed me. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is to me is super interesting. And I don't like to give my mom credit, but she's a psychologist. She probably has something to do with it. Um, but, you know, really for me, just thinking about um, the mind and how mm -hmm. it really plays a role for me, thought plays a role in everything else that's manifested. So it's your emotions, it's your behavior, it's, mm -hmm. you know, the functions in your body, they're all responding to the power of your thought. So mm -hmm. for me, it was just I just moved straight in that direction. I, I wasn't even thinking too much about other things once I figured that I wasn't going to go into surgery. I call it when you got bit by that bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bug went in deep. I love it. Now, mom, you have it here on this recording. She's yes. trying not to give you credit. <laughs> you have proof. <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, so now you know we're there and we have figured out 
like you said, that you're going into psychiatry. Now you've done adult psychiatry, but children from what I've interviewed and I've interviewed like, you know, a lot of our physician colleagues mm -hmm. and those who go into child and adolescent psychiatry, they've also mentioned that, you know, it's a different way of practicing. And, you know, when I've even talked to the pediatrician, it's, it's different than just the adult medicine. It's different than just the adult psychiatry. So what drew you to expand on your training, moving from just beyond the adult to also yeah. incorporate the child adolescent part? Yeah, for me, well, first I had a love for working with children, mm -hmm. um, but also when I thought about working with adults, it was mm -hmm. really hard to get to the foundation of what you were mm -hmm. seeing in adulthood mm -hmm. without thinking about childhood. That's so true. to me, focusing in on that initial development, on those initial mm -hmm. connections was so important to really understanding the adult that was sitting in front of me. Ah, oh, wow. Wow. Alrighty. So there we go. You know, we're here. We have all this training, but you've decided to expand even more. Like I said, my people, like you guys <laughs> like, nah, I know that I am helping, but I want to do more. So now you expanded into the integrative portion and pulled in training in learning how to incorporate integrative medicine. So yeah. what was going on at the time when you said, you know what? I think that integrative medicine is something that I want to incorporate and I want to learn more about it. I'm going to go formally, um, you know, train on that. And I feel like it'll help my patients in this way. Yeah. I, I really had noticed that throughout residency and fellowship. I have been, by the time I entered into integrative medicine fellowship, I had already had that in my mind to do for seven years. So mm -hmm. it was really just waiting till the moment where it felt most in alignment for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I noticed during training that there, to me, there seemed like there was something missing. Mm -hmm. There were options like therapy, which I think is great. You know, there were the psychotropic medications, but I felt like there had to be so much more that I could offer. Mm -hmm. And I've always been about moving away from convention mm -hmm. and trying to think outside the box. And so right. I was really trying to to open up and, and expand my toolkit so that mm -hmm. I could offer patients more. Wow. So what were some of the things that you noticed um, once you started to incorporate all this that you have, I mean, you have the training of an adult psychiatrist, child and adolescent, so you can get to the root. You have this integrative style that you've been able to put all this together. Like, what is it that you noticed once you put all of that together in the pot? How was life during that time? Yeah. Like for me, during the time when I was actually training, to, no, no, using all the skills. <laughs> Using all the skills. So that was a really interesting time because mm -hmm. by the time I was utilizing all the skills, I was also leaving academia. Mm. So I was really in this space where I had time freedom mm -hmm. and I had the ability to think more broadly and more clearly and deeply about each and every patient. Mm -hmm. And so really bring in my skills in all of these different areas in a, in a new way. Mm -hmm. um, 
it, it was a really amazing like point of view to be able to have at that point. So I could draw in and I could spend more time just thinking about what aspects of what I learned mm-hmm. were going to best serve them and have mm. those kind of conversations. So I, I, it allowed me to become the type of physician that I always wanted to be, mm-hmm. where I didn't feel like the systems that I was initially involved in, even during training, didn't always um, necessarily give me the space to do that. Wow. So at that point, it felt like a sense of accomplishment. Like I've, I'm here. This is the vision that I have of the doctor I want to be. And now I am able to be that doctor. So now one of the things that you talk about, like, you know, through this journey or what you've noticed or seen in healthcare is burnout in colleagues. Um, You know, you said you've witnessed it firsthand. So tell us some of the things that you've witnessed. What is it that, you know, is drawing you to this area of, you know, being able to have some freedom, location and freedom, like, you know, decision making, financial independence, not feeling that you are ball chained down to the systematic way of doing things. So tell us about that. Yeah. The, the burnout. Tell us what you've seen. Well, what I saw was, and I saw this in myself too, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't just see it in others, but, you know, just, I saw it throughout training. So I saw it at different aspects throughout training. But when I got to, you know, it's, it's always this place where you think, okay, the next place will actually be, better. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's where I'll see the freedom, but Mm -hmm. you never quite get there. So by the time I became an attending, I was like, okay, maybe it's here. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that it just continued. There was Mm -hmm. like this um, constant need to um, produce, to say yes. And it was, it was internal too. That's Mm -hmm. the point where I, I like to really draw on our sense of empowerment that it's not just systems like it's the mm-hmm. choices that we also make because we can't say no to things yes but <laughs> the responsibilities the you know one leadership position begets another begets another begets another and the next thing you know you don't really have any time or space to really um, do things that you find are generative for you mm-hmm. as, as a physician as an individual so I really found myself working with communities that I always that I was so passionate about working with, working with people who were so like brilliant and amazing and in the same breath feeling completely burnt out, exhausted, depressed, mm-hmm. um, having no time or space, spending all of my weekends catching up on notes. Like that, that's what my the dream that I thought I was going to have, that's what it ended up looking like by the time Mm. I had done all of these different things. So we're in this dream, but we're piled up under the responsibilities of the dream. Mm -hmm. So this happy space place that we thought we would be arriving at, because we're always thinking we're going to arrive at all the next time, as soon as I can't wait until fill in the blank, right? It's going to be different once, and but instead it just piles and piles and piles. So you're and now the the challenge is that when you look on paper, right? Aren't you supposed to be happy because you've accomplished everything that you've written? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you have to 
like for me personally, I got to this point where I, I really reevaluated everything. Mm-hmm. And I really thought about the dream again. And I, and I had to analyze it. Like, is this my dream? Or is this a dream that along the way has been given to me, has been mm-hmm. provided for me? Mm-hmm. And I found through that, that following someone else's dream is really, really painful. Absolutely. So, so I definitely had to, to think, um, to just rethink about, you know, going all the way back to childhood, like what made me go into this to begin with mm-hmm. and what other passions that I have along with medicine that would allow me to feel more fulfilled in my life? Absolutely. What would that look like? What would that feel like? Wow. And so when you came up with the answer, what was the answer to that question? So I had always, since I was a teenager, I had always went to travel the world. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point that when I was going, when I was like in college and studying for MCATs and all of that, I had this conversation with my mom. It always comes back to mothers. <laughs> <laughs> I had this conversation with my mom. Um, a peer in college had passed away and, you know, mm-hmm. it was really hurtful. And I, you know, I said to my mom, like, I don't want to be studying forever and then I never get a chance to see the world like I'm mm-hmm. going to be really pissed if something happens to me and I don't get a chance I, to I, I did not get that chance <laughs> Christina did so well academically her and her books <laughs> and her room and her study hall <laughs> so you know at that point my mom promised me she said I will put up the house I promise you just mm-hmm. to make sure you can travel the world. Don't worry if anything happens, you will see the world. So, I mean, that that was a tug of war that was going on forever. So at every stage, I tried to find opportunities to pull them in the travel. So mm-hmm. after, you know, that summer, after the first year of medical school, I mm-hmm. traveled. That was my first international trip by myself. And then I did the same thing in fellowship you know, studying mindfulness in Nepal, I had time for that. And so at every stage, I tried to pull in this, this passion of mine. And so once I got to this place of burnout, you know, Mm -hmm. as an attending, I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. I know what it is. It's Mm -hmm. that I have this passion for travel that cannot be quenched by Mm -hmm. a week vacation. It's just Mm -hmm. not, it's not enough for me. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to combine the things that I love in life and live all of them out simultaneously. Wow, simultaneously. And that's the thing because a lot of times we have been trained to do things sequentially. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, there's still a lot of people who are feeling the same way. I want to be able to do this simultaneously. So when did you decide, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to show people how to do this and birth Nomad MD. Yeah, it was during my second year of being abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was noticing just how much I had changed and transformed throughout that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I had more clarity. I had done so much more like deep introspective work because I had the time freedom to do that. I had enhanced a lot of my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the time and space to use my imagination 
you know, mm-hmm. and just think of, of other ways that I could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allowed me to, to create Nomad MD because I thought, well, if I could have such a transformation um, through traveling and creating a lifestyle that I felt really aligned with my deepest values, if I could do that, then other physicians in a similar situation could could have the same experience. And maybe it could be life-changing. And maybe it could also be one of the answers to beating burnout and being able to, to create a space where we can still serve patients in a way that uh, also serves us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when someone thinks about studying abroad and, you know, being able to do all of this, there are a lot of things that come in mind. And one of the huge, huge barriers is if we think about all the years of training that we've had, it costs a lot of money. And so we're thinking there's no way that I can do this because I am so far in debt. And I see one of our sister docs saying, hello, 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 Dr. Tawana Gillard. Yes. uh, You know, talking about finances, right? Dr. Tawana. So yeah, financially, we feel like this is not possible. You can only do this because and fill in the blank. So I've spoken to you outside of this. And this is one of the highlights that you really want to to impress upon our physician colleagues. So go ahead, let them know. How did you do it? Yeah, yeah. And I and I would say that it was also one of the the limiting thoughts that I had mm-hmm. that was holding me back initially from doing it. Cause I was like, these student loans, like <laughs> mm-hmm. right. It's not gonna ever happen. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's gonna happen? And so what initially was the reason for me not wanting to do it became the reason that I have to do it. Oh, wow. Because I saw that this lifestyle had such um, an ability to impact my financial life in such a great way. Mm. So one of the things that traveling full time does offer is the ability to one, how I mentioned earlier, just giving you clarity Mm -hmm. about what really matters in your life. For me, that clarity also extends into finances because Mm -hmm. it's really about living with, you know, essentialism and circulating your money around what matters most to you, you know, what you value. Mm-hmm. But also like being able to utilize different strategies like geo arbitrage, you know, mm-hmm. where you live in places where you have such a higher quality of life, but a lower cost of living, you know, for your major expenses like food and housing and mm-hmm. health care and transportation and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to utilize, you know, certain tax strategies. And I am not a CPA or a financial mm-hmm. planner. So please talk to your specialist. Your own, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, being able to utilize certain tax strategies, you know, like the the foreign income, you know, um, exclusion, the foreign earned income exclusion, that really helps you to save so much money in terms of like taxes, um, being able to utilize strategies like credit card efficiency, Mm-hmm. Um, which allows all of your travel to be free or nearly free, you know, depending on how you like to utilize it. But there are so many different ways that we can um, 
approach traveling full time that mm -hmm. really give us this ability to save, um, to circulate money in, in ways that we probably haven't really thought about before, mm -hmm. that gives us the space. And then when it comes to student loans, just specifically, you know, I always also tell people to just open their minds, even about like, if you're in the public service loan forgiveness, you know, it's about working for a nonprofit. If nonprofit is something that you really want to do, and that's a passion that you have, you can start your own nonprofit. You can mm -hmm. work for yourself for 30 hours a week and get your PSLF. You don't have to be tied to a hospital. And mm -hmm. you can do that while you travel full time. So mm -hmm. um, there's just so much flexibility and freedom. It's just about thinking um, outside the box and being willing to like move forward. You know, our same sister is saying, you know, a fixed mindset will keep us bound. And as you're talking about the different um, strategies, what's so important that you mentioned earlier is having that clarity, that mindset when you are stuck in an area where you think where everyone is doing it this way, then you think that's the only way for it to be done, right? So everyone is doing, we're coming up to the number four and everyone is like, well, it's only two plus two. But then when you step out and you're like, wow, you can do one plus three, you can do four minus zero. Like there's so many additional ways to get to that end goal. But sometimes in order to do that, you need the freedom of your mind to have it at rest Yes. So that you can absorb the clarity, absorb the info, absorb the creativity, and then be able to really see how you can get to the point where you're creating that life that you want. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, well, as you've alluded to also being able to work, like, you know, if we're living this nomadic life, if I'm only trained to do this and I'm trained here, like... I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I mean, are they going to accept my training? Am I going to be allowed to work abroad? I have a family. Like, what What would you say to, you know, your um, your clients that you're coaching yeah. and trying to, and letting them know, like, listen, this is, this is possible, what you've done, sure. you know? Sure. You yeah. know, that's something that physicians that I work with, mm -hmm. It comes up so often, yeah. you know, that this idea that I was trained in X, Y, Z, and this is the only thing that I know how to do. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that as physicians, we have this treasure of transferable skills and mm -hmm. qualities that we don't even think about, like mm -hmm. on a day to day, you know, mm -hmm. our ability to you know, effectively communicate and be able to break down complex, you know, ideas, our ability to, you know, lead with uh, empathy, our ability to have, you know, just great analytical skills, all of these things that are really, really important and helpful mm -hmm. characteristics and skills to have in entrepreneurship, but even in just other industries outside of healthcare. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also tell them, you have so many skills, so much expertise and your life experience. If you put it all together, mm -hmm. there, what can't you do? Like, what is it that you can do? <laughs> so, you know, whether it's consulting, whether it's coaching, whether it's 
um, some other kind of entrepreneurial venture? What if it's not even clinical at all? You know, mm -hmm. whether it's doing expert witness, whether it's speaking, whether it's writing, whether it's research. I mean, there's just so many different opportunities that physicians could um, embark upon, depending on their passion, depending on what they do. It could be a niche that they just created, you know, on their own, just like mm -hmm. I did with Nomad MD, just just birthed out of what's most important for me about mm -hmm. what my passions are. And, and each and every physician can do the same thing. And so that's something that I work with clients around is about really getting to the space where they're able to open their minds and think past some of the, the limitations that have kind of like been placed on us through mm -hmm. these different systems that we've worked through. And even just society before we became physicians is the idea of like, what are you going to be when you grow up? There's one thing. What is yes, it? You know? That's so true. It's not what are the different areas of your life that you'd like to embark on? It's like, what's the one thing? Yes. And you're right. And a lot of us make that decision in single digits like you did. Yes. I call it single digits in that, you know, you're less than 10, mm -hmm. you know, you're single mm -hmm. digits and you're like, I'm going to be this. Yes. And then you have to break through that mind drama when you yes. want to do A and B. <laughs> of course. You're more, every physician is more than just a physician. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we, we are these complex, you know, dynamic folks who, who have all of these talents and skills and expertise. And there's so much that we can do. Mm -hmm. um, it's just about allowing ourselves to get to that space where we're able to share it with the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I love it. Like we're saying, <laughs> Dr. Gillian is like, yes, live out your passions. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because when you think about it and, you know, you see the fragility of life, um, we all through our um, journey into medicine, training and so on, see the fragility of yeah. life. It is too short not to live out your passion, not to really go and explore the different avenues, the additional skill sets that you have. You're not just tied to one profession, one skill set. There's so much that as life added its titles, like I usually like to say, you have title of, you know, now you're head of this, now you're this doctor, now you're that. And then the titles add on and then you, the person on the inside starts to get mm -hmm. confined. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's important to know that this is possible. You can live out your passion. You can do this through this wonderful thing. Like, you know, so people get kind of nervous and they're like, nomad, oh, I don't know. You know, it's a little bit too non-traditional here. What do you say to those people? <laughs> well, I say just like everything, it's really about cultivating and creating the lifestyle that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So nomad can be different depending on what you want. So my nomad life is a different country every three months, but maybe your nomad life is you know, a different country every three years. I don't know what, you know, it, it mm -hmm. really depends on what you want. And and that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's what freedom is about. It's not about being bound, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all about making your choice. And one thing that I've learned as I've began to kind of live in the space of my dreams and live my dream life is that 
it continues to evolve and expand and change just like mm-hmm. I do. And so my dream is this way this year and then next year, you know, it becomes something different. And so that's what I love about the nomadic lifestyle as well, is that mm-hmm. just as you shift and change, your idea of what it means for you can shift and change. So love it. Love it. So, so don't be frightened. Don't think that <laughs> nomadic lifestyles mean that, well, you know, you're just this crazy person. No, you're living the life that you want and you're creating it through the style that you want. You're not following anyone else's um, playbook for you. You're following the playbook for yourself, for you, and also for your family. You know, you're doing it in a way where you can feel fulfilled because as we mentioned, you put like so much energy into your training, into getting to this point in your life that it's too much that you've expended um, the expenditure so much that you need to really be able to to be able to live and love the life that you're living, right? And this Absolutely. is one way of doing it. So now as we talk about that, you know, I'm gonna bring it to one of my favorite questions. All right, so now I gotta really think because you know the nomad <laughs> MD. I might all right. So if you weren't a doctor, uh-huh. If you weren't traveling the world every three months, hmm. if you weren't helping others <laughs> travel the world through coaching and um, letting, like, teaching them how to live out their dreams, what would you be? I would be an, a wine professional. Oh, like a master a- of wine. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really, it's interesting. It's in many ways kind of similar to medicine. It's a Mm -hmm. very long, arduous road Mm -hmm. (laughs) to master wine and studying wine incorporates so much of, of travel, Mm -hmm. language, culture, science, you know, it's ecology. It's, it's so many things that we had to learn, like being like a lot of uh, science majors or, mm-hmm. you know, spending a lot of time in science. And and it combines that like culture all together into a glass. To me, it's like a passport in a glass is, is how I would see it. Ooh. And so that would be probably my number one thing. I love it. I love it. All righty. So where are we broadcasting from right now? Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. I love it. Now, here are some other quick questions. For how many different countries or continents have you lived on so far? I have lived on, well, I've lived in 12, I think 12 countries now. Yeah. And so, like two, three, three. Three or four continents. <laughs> I'm starting to lose count. <laughs> That's <laughs> that I love that you're like, I have lost count. Yeah. So 12 different countries, 12 different experiences. And, um, you know, the fear that people have, I won't be able to adjust when I get to said countries. Like, what are some quick tips before we end today's discussion that you'll have for someone who's just like, oh, you know, I would really love to do this, but I don't think I can adjust. I don't know if I'll be able to, I don't know. What are some quick, quick tips that you'd have for them? Yeah. 
So I would say that before you land wherever you're going, you can always check out uh, Facebook groups. You mm -hmm. can always go on YouTube and just get a layout of what's going on there and how things are. I would always connect with folks um, mm -hmm. through the Facebook groups. They always have like a WhatsApp group that's more local. Mm -hmm. And that's a place to also reach out and ask questions. I would also suggest like if you don't know the language, mm -hmm. um, you could always use a, a language um, website like italki and mm -hmm. connect with a uh, tutor and that will be another person connect with a tutor that's actually local to that place and mm -hmm. that'll be another person that you would have been talking to for months that you know really well before you ever touch down so there's all these ways to like cultivate connections before mm -hmm. you even land so that you feel really like taken care of and safe before you get there but i also would say as a psychiatrist practicing mm -hmm. thoughts so one of the mm -hmm. thoughts that i always practice is that I'm divinely, you know, um, taken care of and I'm divinely um, protected wherever I go. So I, I just also practice thoughts of um, protection and safety. Love it, love it, love it. So we have a question, like which place have you loved the most? So far, because, you know, so much, she's going to be somewhere else, folks. <laughs> right. so this, is, this is based on 2023, you know, third quarter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so far, one of my favorite places was Bocas del Toro, Panama. It's the Caribbean mm -hmm. islands in Panama. And I love these islands, the, the food, the culture. My lifestyle was just wake up in the morning, ride my bike to the forest, to yoga class. And I ride along the ocean and I see the dolphins. And, you know, it was just like... <laughs> This magical. magical. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So how do you decide on where you want to go next? So because I do study wine, see how mm -hmm. I like to put all the lives together, right? So mm -hmm. um, because I do study wine, I usually um, go to different wine regions. So that's actually what brought me to Argentina. So Mendoza is, you know, a major um, region for, for wine, particularly the Malbec grape. So that's, that's usually what I do. And I love water. So, so I, you buy some water. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, you know, you've given us so much food for thoughts, you know, even a little bit of insight of how to even reduce the fear, the anxiety. Like you said, you really set your mind for where you're going to go and let you, um, bring in the positive thoughts, not the intrusion, the negative thoughts, which is what happens because, yeah. you know, you're traveling um, to new countries. You're just like, I don't know, I won't be able to do this. But you're like, no, there are different ways to do this where you can feel safe, you can feel protected, you can bring in your mindset of safety and protection. Because as you said in the beginning, a lot of what happens within our bodies physically starts with the mind anyway. Yes. Now, there's some people who are watching this and they're like, okay, you know what? All right, I might, I might, you know, think about this and I want to learn more. I want to learn more. So let them know where can they find you, Dr. Gwains, so that they can learn more about how to incorporate that nomadic MD lifestyle 
into their particular life, help to reduce their stress, reduce their burnout, and to know that I can still have financial freedom and independence through a passion of mine, where can they find you? Yes. So they can find me online at thenomadmd.com. They can find me on Facebook at The Nomad MD and on Instagram at The Nomad MDs. Wow. Are you, do you have any particular um, programs or are you taking on new clients right now? I don't know. Yes. yes, yes. I'm taking on new clients for one-on-one coaching. So. All righty. And with that, you'll help them through the journey of how to create that life that is singularly important to them. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Christine Goins, the Nomad M. Oh, wow. For having me. <laughs> this was amazing. And I know that a lot of people, thank you so much, Dr. Tawana Gilliard, also. Yes. And, um, you know, if you guys haven't watched another very powerful interview and you're part of the Your Care and Docs team, go ahead and check out Dr. Gillard. Her interview is also very powerful. And all of that's available. Where is all of this available? Hey, hey, hey right there on our Your Caring Docs website. Just go to U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com, select podcast. You'll see Dr. Christina Goins, beautiful face, click, listen here, boom, you'll be able to catch her interview. If you want to also see our other Dr. Tawana Gilliard's interview, boom, see her beautiful face and you can listen there. Now, I know that a lot of people are like, all right, you know what, that was real good. But, you know, I know somebody that, is a really great doctor doing amazing things. And I, I should let them know, okay, no problem. Send them my email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com to book. I'd love to, love to, love to have them on the show. As you can see, all of our doctors are doing amazing things, not just inside, but inside and outside of medicine. We got a touch of all the crazy, beautiful life that you can create with Nomad MD, our very own Dr. Christine Goins. Thank you so much, Dr. Christine, for jumping on all the way from Buenos Aires. <laughs> what time is it out there right now? Um, nine, nine, sixteen. Okay, cool. That's yeah. Not that bad. Alrighty. <laughs> so thank you all for watching. I hope you guys have an amazing evening. And I'll see you guys on the Dr. Tamara Beckford show next time. Bye. Bye.